Hello parents, teachers, and future teachers. Welcome to the first episode of our Day Talks. Experts say that identifying and delivering effective early support to children and young people who are at risk of poor outcomes is known as early intervention. Hence, for this episode of our Tea Talks, I am going to talk about promoting early intervention. In order for us to be aware, an effective early intervention aims to prevent issues from arising in the first place or to address them head-on when they do before they worsen. It also aids in the development of a wide range of personal traits and abilities that prepare a kid for adulthood. Home visiting programs to help vulnerable parents, school-based programs to strengthen children's social and emotional abilities, and mentorship programs for young people at risk of becoming involved in crime are all examples of early intervention. If you're asking how does early intervention really work, early intervention works to reduce the risk factors and increase the protective factors in a child's life. So, we have a good understanding of the risk factors that can threaten children's development, like limit future social and economic opportunities and increase the likelihood of mental and physical health problems, criminal involvement, substance misuse or exploitation, or abuse in later life. These factors exist at different levels within the child's environment, at the individual itself, family, community, and societal level, and interact in complex ways. Additionally, protective factors are the characteristics or conditions of individuals, families, communities, and society that can mitigate these risks and increase the health and well-being of children and families. So, in many cases, risk and protective factors are two sides of the same coin. For example, poor parental mental health may pose a risk to a child's healthy development, while good parental mental health may provide a protective factor against other negative outcomes, So, such as behavioral problems or poor academic attainment. We must understand that these risk factors are not deterministic or predictive at an individual level. They cannot tell us exactly which child or young person will need help. But, you know what? They can help us to identify children who are vulnerable and who may need extra support. Studies show that early intervention works best when it is made available to children on the basis of pre-identified risks. Now, if you're going to ask me what can early intervention achieve, early intervention approaches often focus on supporting four key aspects of child development, including their physical, cognitive, behavioral, and social and emotional development, where it has the potential to make the biggest difference and provide benefits throughout a person's life. The first one, we have the physical development, which involves children's physical health, maturation, and the presence or absence of a physical disability, and it provides the basis for the development in all other areas. Also, physical outcomes targeted by early intervention activities include improving birth outcomes, reducing the incidence of infectious diseases, and decreasing childhood obesity. The next one, cognitive development, which includes 
children's acquisition of speech and language skills, their ability to read and write, their numeracy capabilities, and their understanding of logical problem solving. You know what? Positive cognitive development is strongly associated with a child's success in school and entry into the workforce. Also, cognitive outcomes typically targeted by early intervention include performance on standardized tests, school achievement, and higher education and employment opportunities once they leave school. Moreover, we have the behavioral development, which involves the children's ability to monitor and regulate their own behavior, attention, and impulses. Children's self-regulatory skills are highly associated with their ability to form positive relationships with others, as well as their success in school. As mentioned, behavioral self-regulation difficulties during childhood are highly predictive of children's involvement in criminal activity during the teenage years and adulthood. Behavioral outcomes frequently targeted by early intervention include reducing antisocial behavior and crime, violence and aggression at school, and affiliation with antisocial peers. Lastly, we have the social and emotional development. In here, it involves children's awareness of their own emotional needs and the emotional needs of other people. Social and emotional development also encompasses the development of children's self-esteem and their ability to manage negative feelings. Social and emotional development is strongly associated with a child's ability to form positive relationships with others and a reduced risk of depression and other mental health outcomes. Early intervention outcomes associated with children's social and emotional development include increasing pro-social behavior, improving self-esteem, and reducing the incidence of clinically diagnosed mental health problems. With all this, we can decipher that promoting early intervention is not as easy as we think. That is why I am encouraging all of you who are listening to this to be one of us in promoting early childhood education and intervention. As a future special needs education teacher, making this podcast is the simplest way on how would I promote early intervention to all of you. I hope that you've learned from this and please continue listening to my future podcasts.